Good morning. Uh, before I get started, I have like three little housekeeping items. The first is, uh, if you're a visitor here this morning, uh, and you're planning on uh, checking out some other churches or whatever, this doesn't count as your visit. Uh, I'm not the preacher here. Jeff has used that term a couple times. I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Uh, and so Jeff is a great preacher and teacher, and he's going through John right now. So come back next week. Uh, don't, count us, uh, don't count this against uh, covenant uh, today. Uh, secondly, out at the uh, tables by where the Russia pictures are, uh, Lisa Nelson has put together some uh, pictures and background on some of the kids that we ministered to this summer in Kostroma, and we would like to ask you to take one of those, uh, those who feel led to, uh, to take one of those to pray for that particular young person, uh, a way to kind of get connected with some of the young people that we're working with uh, as well. And so that would be helpful. As you see up on the screen, we're going to have pictures going during the time that I'm sharing this morning. Notice I'm not preaching, I'm sharing. Uh, and so um, I, I really allow you and invite you to watch that stuff as much as you look at me. Uh, I would really like you to focus on those faces of orphans and former orphans, uh, young people that have been adopted into families here within our church, uh, young people that people from this congregation have ministered to around the world as well. So I'd like you to invite you to do that. Jeff is really kind of taking a little bit of a risk today on this Orphan Sunday, asking me to share a bit about a topic that's, of course, near and dear to my heart. There's two reasons. One is I've been working uh, with orphans for over 25 years. So I have a lot of stories, and I could go on and on and on. And so that's why I have these notes. Uh, it's to keep me kind of focused instead of going here and there and everywhere, uh, which I'm prone to do. And so that's one risk. But the other risk is if you know me very well, you know that I'm uh, emotional. And uh, this topic, uh, even when Jeff prayed this morning, um, you know, I just returned from Russia eight days ago. So it's a little bit tender right now. Uh, but to uh, have an opportunity to talk about something that's I'm passionate about and, and, uh, and care deeply about. Is a, so if you'll be patient with me, uh, if I get a little bit emotional, I would appreciate that. So thank you. I'm going to ask Kathy, my wife of 48 and a half years, uh, to come up and to read this morning's scripture, scripture passage for us. I'm reading from Romans 8. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we call, call cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and we give thanks to you for you are good. 
Your steadfast love endures forever. We give thanks to the God of gods for your steadfast love endures forever. We give thanks to the Lord of lords because your love endures forever. And Lord, you've promised that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Your mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so this morning we come before you knowing that you are good and that you are faithful. And although we live in a broken world with so many hurts, so many children that have been damaged, you've come to restore and bring healing. So as we talk about this this morning, we just ask for your spirit to be present among us in Jesus' name. Amen. These days, a popular topic for motivational speakers is on legacy. And then frankly, I also uh, talk to orphans about the importance of them creating a legacy. They can do something that their parents didn't do, and they can create a legacy for the next generation. However, with this scripture this morning, um, the word that Kathy emphasized was heirs, which is inheritance, right? And sometimes we think of an inheritance as maybe something financial. So Kathy's parents and my parents passed away and we received an inheritance. But of course, an inheritance is a lot more than that, right? I mean, it may be that you inherited a male patterned baldness from your mother's side of the family. Uh, it may be the color of your eyes. Maybe your smile. Or maybe your dad had a bad temper and you can always blame your bad temper on him. So we inherit traits, we inherit uh, physical uh, and different kinds of traits from our families. But if you're raised in a healthy family that, uh, where you felt protected and safe, it's probably fairly easy for you to trust other people and to trust in God. And that's a gift. Jeff last week set up this message pretty nicely when he talked about uh, the gift we've been given to do. And uh, so the process we come to is understanding what are we called to do and can we do that? And what are we called not to do? We don't have to do more than we're called to do, but to understand uh, that as well. Probably the most often questions I'm asked is, uh, why Russia? And why did you start a ministry to Russian orphans? So I'm going to give you the really brief testimony of that. Uh, in 1994, I was working with International Bible Society, and we had a program going on uh, at orphanages uh, that we had started the previous year. And I was over there for two months, going into orphanages on a daily basis. And my job was to kind of do a ministry audit, I would say. And so during that time was a really difficult time in Russia, as you may remember. It was not long after the fall of the Soviet Union. Uh, orphanages I went to were all overcrowded. There may be an orphanage that was, should have 45 kids, would have 85 kids. Uh, I went to orphanages where kids fainted from hunger while I was there, uh, had rags on their feet playing in the snow. It was a really, really challenging time. And of course, that's... Uh, 
also emotionally challenging when you're doing that every day. In fact, I was overwhelmed. So in late March of 1994, I had an experience that I can best describe as my night of wrestling with God. In the midst of tears, uh, in the apartment that I was living in in Moscow, I sensed this question. George, what's the greatest blessing in your life? Uh, I'm not a deep thinker, and so I hadn't really thought about that too much. Uh, and so, but immediately I knew the answer. And that's not like me. I like to process things. I don't like to be put on the spot. But I knew it was family. I had been abundantly blessed, undeservedly so, with parents who were missionaries and my father a pastor, uh, three sisters who all follow the Lord, uh, Kathy, uh, I mentioned we've been married for a while, uh, a couple daughters and now grandkids. I mean, uh, my life has been rich when it comes to family and everything about family for me was positive. So to be in those circumstances with kids who didn't have any of that was really difficult. And then I sensed the Spirit saying, provide the blessing of the family for those who've not experienced that. I think uh, we could substitute the word gift for blessing as well. So provide the gift of family for those who've never experienced that. And that was the beginning of what became Children's Hope Chest, and then 13 years later, Orphan's Tree, and working uh, in, in that country. And that's the really condensed version. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into that. But back to the inheritance. Because we're the products of imperfect parents, if anybody has a perfect parents here, you can raise your hand. I see no hands. Uh, and, uh, and so I didn't ask if you were a perfect parent. I just asked you that. And, and because of that, uh, we've inherited both positive and negative traits, right? Um, a couple years ago, we moved, we had been up in Monument, and we moved back into Colorado Springs. And the reason we did, because my daughter and her husband and four kids live around the corner from the house that we built from us, so that we live maybe 70 yards away. And so my grandson, Bryce, is 18, and he's a senior in high school. A really cool kid, great kid. I love him dearly. But, you know, he has this unusual ability to lose things. But as a, but as a person who left a three-year-old daughter at church and realized that when I got home, <laughs> uh, one who uh, packs for trips all the time and always leaves at least one thing at home, and sometimes a bunch of things, a person who's lost his... Uh, Visa in Russia, uh, lost his uh, passport in Hungary. I, I wonder where Bryce got this losing thing. <laughs> but in Romans 8 that we just read, as well as in 1 Peter 1 and also in Galatians 4, we're referred to as members of God's family and heirs of God. That's not an imperfect parent, right? as co-heirs with Christ. I believe that Jesus shared not only his mission in this world, uh, in, the, uh, in, in a passage I love, uh, in, because I think it's such a great visual. 
in Luke chapter 4, where he takes a scroll and he unscrolls it to Isaiah 51, 61, excuse me. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is often referred to as Jesus' inaugural address. You know, inaugural addresses are important. They tell us what this person's vision is. They tell us what the goals are for their term in office. And so Jesus here tells us exactly why he came. So if our inheritance is from God the Father through Jesus, isn't that what he modeled? To proclaim good news to the poor, to the outcast, to the lonely, to the orphan, to the widow. Across America today, churches are recognizing this as Orphan Sunday. Yesterday was, a, was International Day of Adoption. So for those of you that had families uh, that celebrated that, we celebrate with you and for you. Thank you. So we come together today to remember our call as children of God, not necessarily as a heavy burden or some chore or something impossible for us to do. So it's a gift for us to discover, to discover what we're to do with it. I, uh, I've seen a lot of heartbreak and a lot of kids that are crushed. This has been a hard year uh, in one region, Vladimir region, where the Pokrov Orphanage is. We've had four deaths of young people, all drug or alcohol related. Uh, it hurts, but there's always hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. I'd like you to do something for my benefit, and I know that you always hate doing these things. Uh, that's why I'm having you do it. And, uh, but I'm gonna ask you to stand when I call a category that maybe you're in, and I'd like you to remain standing. And it's uh, really to make a point. First of all, are there anybody here whose parents were adopted or who have adopted kids, or you were adopted? Would you please stand? You've been blessed by either being adopted or adopting. It's never an easy path. But God, who's able to do even more than we can imagine or expect, provided through you and for you, acceptance into an earthly family. In the 90s, I was flying five or six times a year back and forth from Russia, and I was almost always be on flights Delta 30 and 31 from New York to Moscow and back. 31 became known in the industry as the Orphan Express because there were always six to 10 probably families on that, and I would often go to those and thank them for what they were doing. Next, I'd like to please stay standing. If you've been a foster parent or been fostered uh, as a young person, would you stand? As we, Jeff mentioned this morning, we have an increased 
opioid addiction as well as drug addictions and uh, large prison populations. And so we have a great need for, for foster families. And I'm really delighted that the church has stepped in and started providing Christian homes that are needed as well. Lastly, if you've participated in a mission trip that reaches out to orphans, whether through Children's Hope Chest, Orphan's Tree, Compassion, any other ministry, would you stand as well? You know, when we go over, there's times that we feel like, wow, we're really not doing much. It's just kind of little things. But I'm always amazed at the stories I hear from young people who remembered some little thing that made a big difference in their life. So thank you for being part of that. So as I look around, I see that probably half or more of this congregation has, uh, has been involved directly with working for the fatherless. Thank you and be seated. I would say that caring for others is really in the DNA of this church. This is just orphans. We have ministries that work with the homeless, with other areas of needs, immigrants uh, that are coming through in our city. And so we're called to be bridges of God's hope for them. Kathy and I were raised in the Pittsburgh area. She lived right in Pittsburgh. I lived about 30 miles outside of Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Pittsburgh's a great city if you haven't uh, visited. In the last 50 years, it's cleaned up a lot. <laughs> it was formed in the 1700s uh, because it was the merger of the Monongahela and the Allegheny Rivers to become the Ohio River. And so it was a strategic location. And so that was the genesis of it. Pittsburgh's also very hilly. Uh, if you've ever been there, Mount Washington, you can take a tram right straight up the hill. Because of this, Pittsburgh has more bridges than any city in the U.S., and sometimes it's called City of Bridges. If you're coming from the east into downtown Pittsburgh, uh, you're going to drive along the Allegheny River and come into the city. If you're coming from the south side, you're going to go through the Liberty Tubes and then across the Liberty Bridge to go downtown. If you're coming from the airport and coming from the west, you're going to go through, go across the Fort Pitt Bridge. And if you're coming from the north, you're going to be crossing the Monongahela River. I can say that word. Um, and uh, you can either go across the Andy Warhol or Roberto Clemente Bridge, depending on whether you like art or sports. <laughs> but really, getting downtown Pittsburgh would be practically impossible without bridges. And it's a wonderful location, surprisingly beautiful, really vibrant. In much the same way, many of us come to Christ across different bridges. Some of us have crossed that bridge of coming to know him through families and through our own family experience. Others of you heard an evangelism message and responded to that. Others, it was through teaching that God opened up his life to you and you opened up your heart to him.
But as we reach out to a hurting world of the fatherless, there's also multiple bridges. There's a bridge of financial support and prayer. I've asked this morning if you would pick up a card to pray for one of the young people. There's also ministries, um, many ministries working directly with that, a number of those here in town, including Compassion and Children's Hope Chest, Orphans Tree, and many others. There's those that are called to bring a child or children into their own family through adoption. As I mentioned about foster care, there's certainly bridges for that. Right here in our own church, we have bridges of opportunities to go. We've been uh, serving in Russia now for almost 15 years. And uh, I know that some of you probably say, oh, we've been doing that a long time. Um, but there's a good reason for that. Kids who have been abandoned, rejected by families, need consistency. They need to see some of the same people over and over again. And whether you go for the first time or the tenth time, you represent this family. And that is a faithful service. So I thank you for that. A commercial here. Uh, the end of May, beginning of June, there will be a trip going to the Pokrov Orphanage again. And we need some new people to go. Uh, and I'd like you to be praying about whether that's an opportunity that you want to do. Uh, Pokrov Orphanage is a great orphanage with a great director. And again, you may feel intimidated, like, what am I going to do? You know, am I going to be, I'm not a teacher, you know, I can't fix things. You know, you can be there and be in relationship. And so um, you could see Sherry Hicks or Doug Herring, uh, who will be leading that trip the end of, uh, of May, beginning of June. And then in late August and early September, we're taking our annual trip to Kostroma. And we get kids the day they leave their orphanage to go to tech school. And they come and stay with us for five or six days. And we have them 24-7 and have the opportunity to uh, get them connected with ongoing support and ministry that would be healthy for them long term. So if you want to connect on this bridge, uh, feel free to see Lisa Nelson or Bruce and Kathy Eskew or myself. And we'd love to share more about the opportunities there as well. End of commercial. In Russia, they, when, you, when you're watching a program, it tells you this is a commercial. And then, you know, back to the program. <clears throat> but in David Platt's book, Radical, there's a quote that I really like because I believe it's true. David Platt, in his book, Radical, said something I really like because I believe it's true. Orphans are easier to ignore before you know their name. They are easier to ignore when you haven't seen their faces. It's easier to pretend that they don't exist before you hold them in your arms. But once you do, everything changes. So you've seen pictures of orphans and former orphans up on the screen that have been blessed by this congregation. And I hope during this time that I've shared that you've concentrated on that more than what I've said. 
because that's what's important because God created them. I know a lot of these kids. I know a lot of their names. I know a lot of their stories. I don't know them all, but God does. And he's been with them. He's holding them in his arms. And he's not asking us to do anything that he's not already doing, just to join him with what he's doing. As we close, uh, you've heard preachers say every eye, eye closed and every head bowed, right? I'm going to say every head looking up at the screen, every eye is open. And let's pray for uh, some of the orphans this morning. A father to the fatherless, a defenders of the widow, is God in his holy dwelling. Lord, uh, Masha and Alosha here, special needs kids, struggle. We just ask for your touch in their lives. For families who have been joined by adoption, we give you thanks. Pray for your continued healing and blessing to the kids and the parents. For those who minister on a daily basis, staff members in Russia, we left out before you. For Bova here in prison now, Lord, I just thank you for him and for his life, and I just pray your protection, your covering over him. Lord, you defend the cause of the fatherless and the widow. And so we give you thanks for that. And as we see these faces, not only do we understand that there's pain in their hearts, but there's hope in their eyes. And so we just ask that we be bearers of your hope, your love, and your care. We thank you that you promised us that you would not leave us as orphans, but you will come to us. May the gifts that you've given be ones that we share richly, generously, unselfishly with others. In the name of Jesus, I pray.